I used to roll back woods, rip the dawns, good wherever he goes. One million and one flows, depositing dough. Set you down with the mafia family, let me know. Yeah, number one, I don't do number two. They watching how I do, because I'm really hood. Red hoodie, gold jewelry, too groovy, might lose me. Don't approach with the foolery, keep the two on me, homie. You don't know me, rip the dawn, the one and only. Yo, welcome to the Really Hood Podcast. You already know what it is with me, man. This particular episode is sponsored by Really Hood. Reallyhood.com to be specific. Reallyhood.com is a space for independent artists and really for anybody who likes hip-hop for the most part. Uh, that particular website is a spot where you can post your music and get it seen by real people, real lovers of hip-hop. And that's what that's about, man. If you want to advertise your particular music on that platform, it only costs $25 to do so. And $75 to have your work featured in the nice little boxes up top of the website where everybody can see your work as soon as they go to reallyhood.com. All right, now, reallyhood.com is still in the works. It is still being fixed up and presentable and all that kind of stuff. But when it's ready to rock and roll, you already know what time it is. Reallyhood.com is going to the moon and it ain't never coming back down. So, hey, you've been warned. Now, I want to give a shout out to my folks in India. Listen, I don't know what's going on with India. I don't know what it is. Okay? But here's what I do know. India loves your boy. <laughs> look, when I look at my analytics, my analytics say this. India loves Rick the Dawn. I don't know what it is. Shout out to Mexico. Mexico love me too. Mexico, um, shout out to the Netherlands. You already know what time it is, man. But anyway, as always... Shout out to the USA. I know we're still trying to get acclimated to the USA scene, but pretty soon it's going to be really, really difficult to ignore your boy. Pretty soon it's going to be impossible to ignore your boy. Now, today's episode is about Crack is Whack. Yeah, beautiful title. And what about that intro? Anyway, Crack is Whack. And let's discuss something real quick. I don't know the entire history of Crack. I'm not here to act like I've you know, done extensive research, but I do have a passion with regards to this topic because I'm from Detroit, Michigan and being from Detroit, one thing's for certain crack is king. Okay. Uh, growing up in the eighties, I was born in 86 growing up in the eighties. Uh, everybody in my particular upbringing or neighborhood. So crack every single, everybody, it was just like, everybody had it. I would go outside and I would see maybe 10 guys on the block and each one of them sold crack. OK, I don't I don't understand how it went down and who they you know, whose customers were who. I don't really know that part. But what I can tell you is that when I walked when I walked outside my grandma's house, um, southwest Detroit, I would look around, probably see about 10, 15, 20 guys. Each one of them was selling crack to some capacity or in some capacity. And. You know, I don't know, man. I don't know how to. I don't know. I don't know how to think about it, what to think about that. At the time, it wasn't a problem. Let me tell you why it wasn't a problem. Because me being about four years old, I would go up to each one of them and say, "Hey, can I have a dollar?" Because it was a store around the corner. Uh, it was called Ike's. Ike's. And I would go around the corner, 
with like five ten dollars from all the drug dealers and dealers in the neighborhood and i would go inside of ike and just buy candy all day long and when i ran out of candy i go back to the drug dealers on the block and say hey can i get a dollar <laughs> and i don't even got a little rick i don't even got it right now but that's what it was like man it was just like tons of young entrepreneurs who had a product that they sold successfully and in a weird way they had no problem giving back to young guys like myself. Uh, so that was my upbringing. Um, but I want to say now and for all time that crack is whack. Now, before I even talk about the whackness of crack, I also admit myself having sold crack. Uh, I was probably about 18 years old when I did. All right. It was one of the worst experiences that I can recall as it relates to business. All right. Um, I sold to mothers and I, I remember this one time I sold to a mom and she had little babies. She had little babies and her son was about, I want to say about 14 years old. And her son looked up to me. He would see me kind of come out the house and, you know, be in my red and black, you know, and just kind of doing my thing. You know, I was Rick the Dawn in my neighborhood. So he would see me doing that. And, you know, I think he looked up to me. But I'll never forget the feeling that I felt and also the look on that young man's face when I served his mom crack. It was a heartbreaking situation. Now, you might be saying to yourself, well, I mean, if it was so heartbreaking, why you sell it to her? Because that was what I was taught. That's what I was fed from my surrounding. You know, it's like, hey, you got to sell crack to be a big guy, blah, 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 blah. That's what was that was what was bred into me. That's what was in fight. That was what um, what was put into my upbringing. You see what I'm saying? And but at the same time, thank God to my mother, rest in peace. She taught me a different way, you know, empowerment, if you will. And, I, you know, because of her teachings growing up, I always had a conscience. So when I sold the crack to the mother that day, something in my conscience said, man, you're wrong. And I remember looking at that young boy and he was dressed like he was almost dressed like me. He had, he had on like red and black. Um. Cause that's what I was wearing in the neighborhood in that, in like during that time. And I got a lot, a lot to a lot of drama with uh, gangs. You know, I had a lot of crips in my neighborhood, and they would think I was a blood because I wore red and black. Not realizing that I'm an artist, and my favorite colors are red and black. I'm not in the gang. It's just like I, and actually I wasn't. I was semi in the gang. You know, mafia family. That was a, a, a little gang of guys that I, I hung with. See what I'm saying? That was us. We didn't follow a, you know, enterprise or foundational gang like. The, Bloods or Crips or nothing like that. So anyway, I got into a lot of situations with Crips in my neighborhood because they thought that, hey, he got to be a blood. He wearing red and black. No, bro. I'm, like red and black is not owned by the Bloods. OK, like I understand that they have chosen red as their sponsored color, but the Bloods don't own red. Crips don't own blue. They just chose blue. So if somebody's wearing red, they should be able to do so. I got into a lot of situations with that. But the point being, it didn't matter. I still wore it because that's my favorite colors. And the little boy, his mom, you know, when I sold that, he was wearing red and black. I think he had a red bandana on, too. So, again, this little boy was looking up to me. I, I can tell you. I know, I know he was. Every time I come outside, he'd be like, what up, Rick? You know, I don't even know his name. I'm like, what's up, man? You good? All right. I'll let you. You know, um, and he just saw me living a certain lifestyle. All right? But why is crack whack? Especially since you used to sell it, Rick. Why, why, how can you be a hypocrite? Listen. I understand the hustle. I understand the grind. I'm from Detroit, Michigan. And what, is, what does that mean exactly? That means I'm from the, ho the home of crack, the place where you really can't do anything but sell crack. Look, 
when I wasn't selling crack, you know what I was selling? My music. Okay? So I had to I had to get it some way. Because you know what happened when I went to Burger King? You want to know what happened when I went to uh, Panera Bread? You want to know what happened when I went to UPS and tried to get a job? They looked at me and just said, we're not hiring. I'm like, bro, you got a I'm hiring sign outside of your window. We're not hiring. So my look did not cater to these corporations. <clears throat> so I was really on my own, man. It's like, look, what you going to do, man? Are you going to say, are you going to use that whole, they're not hiring you know, slogan and just kind of sleep in the house and smoke weed all day? Or are you going to find a different way? And I will admit, crack was one of those ways that I found. Uh, weed, another one that I used to sell. All right. But eventually I got over that and got tired of that. And I started to sell my music. And that was kind of cool. But even that was a hustle because I would pack a, a um, my backpack full of 100 CDs. This is a real story. I would use my mother's um, office equipment. She had a business. I would use her office. I would burn 100 CDs. I would use her printer and all her ink up and make CD covers and cases. I would put all those CDs, 100 CDs in my backpack, and I would hit the streets of Detroit, Michigan. And I would go to every single person I saw. And I would say, hey, do you listen to hip hop and R&B? And if they say yes, I gave them my spiel. Hey, I'm Rick the Dawn. Um, I'm a local artist. I'm just trying to get it, trying to do my thing. And I uh, want to know if you want to, you know, support my music. All right, man. How, how much is it, young blood? Uh, I got, I got, I had different tiers. I said, hey, you can um buy my single for a dollar. You can buy my CD for three. Or you can buy my CD with the CD cover and the song list for five. And that's how I hit everybody. And I would not go into the house until every single CD was sold. All right. I'm talking about leaving at 11 o'clock a.m. and not coming back until about 8 o'clock p.m. Every single day. I'm lying. Not every day. Like every other day because I had to re-up and do the whole process over again. So that's what it was. That's how I made my money until I just got, I got tired. got drained, man. That's a lot of work. Trying to get it, cause you you keep hearing no, like, no man, I don't, I don't even got it. Oh, uh, you got you got a uh, you got a uh, you got a MySpace. That's when that was happening. But why is crack whack? Let's get to the business, man. Why we're actually having this conversation? Crack is whack because it's not the only way. Can you imagine what would happen if? Let me talk about something real quick. I'm not gonna be off topic though. Crack is basically science. All right, it's a lot of science that goes into making crack and cocaine or whatever turning cocaine into crack is a scientific process this is probably what i should have said in the first two seconds of the video but i had to set it up making cocaine into crack is a scientific process do you know how much science goes into that look i don't know the process i used to buy it already you know done and my 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 my, my, my associates would cut it up for me all that okay so i don't know what they do with all the mixing and bowls and all the science that goes into it, I don't know all that. But here's what I do know. When I used to watch it done, or get done, or be done, in my brain I would always say, man, that's a lot of work. So why is crack whack? Because if you take that same hustle and drive that it takes to turn cocaine into crack and apply it to something else, you can be legally rich. I had to take a pause because I'm talking real game right now. Okay? Listen, man, this is where and this is why I I'll say love. This is why I love the Caucasian man. You want to you want to know why? Because he makes bread. He makes sugar. 
it makes salt. And most of some of this stuff is probably made by other people. I'm just saying, generally speaking, the white American man, one thing he does that I'm very, very fond of is he applies his mindset to different crafts. In the hood, it's just crack. That's it. You got to sell crack or you just or you just a bum or a lame. But to the white man, please, they selling cigarettes. Oh, that's that's this and that. They selling this. They selling that. They sell. Listen, black man and anybody who even cares to listen. Crack is not the only way. Look, if you have the patience to, to turn cocaine into crack, if you have that knowledge base, guess what else you should probably be trying? Let's turn uh, let's turn cotton into or actually the, the, the plant itself into a usable cotton that you can sell in stores for retail. Let's turn whatever sugar is made out of into sugar that you can sell. OK, um, let's turn this into that. Let's turn that into this something legal. Can you imagine if sugar took the place of crack in the hood, the hood? would be filled with millionaires because they would be able to sell their product legally. But unfortunately, the black American man has been duped into thinking that the only thing that he can make and sell is crack and weed or illegal products. Products. All right, here it is, folks. It's not the only thing that you can make. There is a such thing as legal, okay? We gotta start integrating legal and legality into the hood. You understand what I'm saying? We have to make it okay to sell legal products. You know, you go to the hood, they always selling something illegal. Some clothes they found, they boosted, some stolen stuff from here and there. We got to make legality okay. I went to uh, eat some Chinese food yesterday. You know what made my heart warm and made me so happy? I saw two young brothers, black young Americans, come up to me and they say, hey, bro, would you like to support my t-shirt, my shirt company? And I, ain't, I didn't want the shirt because it looked kind of weird, okay? It had, it had like 25 colors. It was like, listen, man, I'm, I'm 35. I'm not trying to wear a Skittle shirt, you know what I'm saying? That say uh, Hollywood or something, whatever it was, okay? I'm not trying to wear a shirt. To, like, you trying to make me look bad out here. But I had to donate at least, you know, I had to donate some money to their cause. And I didn't have any cash on me, so I just cashed after. You see what I'm saying? And it just made me happy because I'm like, look, now we're starting to get it. You don't have to sell crack, man. Um, why is, why is it so difficult for the black American man to go onto a Google machine like Google and type in, how do you make bread? Why is that so hard? How do you make sugar? How do you make cotton? How do you make wine? How do you make clothing? How do you make shirts? How do you make pants? Find out the recipe because once you learn the recipe to these legal products, then you can make them and then you can sell them. You see what I'm saying? Legally. All right. Because here's the here's the thing they don't tell you when you sell crack, when you sell crack, you're destroying your community. Destroying. I told you what happened when I sold to the mother. That was a, a devastating thing. If you have a conscious, you're not going to be able to sell crack. It's just a fact. OK, uh, you know, ask anybody who, who's sold crack before and stopped. Most likely they stopped because they saw the devastating effects of what it did to uh to the people they were talking with or the community they were living in. Cat, uh, crack destroys the community. Therefore, it can't be good. It's not a good thing. The money you get, it makes you a target because most likely 
the, the average crack seller or the crack dealer is not going to be, okay, let's take this money and rinse it. Let's invest it. Let's turn it into a school. Let's turn it into this. The average crack dealer, especially where I'm from, they're not thinking, let's take this money that we're just extracting from the hood and let's put it back into the hood in a more progressive manner. Because then I wouldn't have a big issue with it. If you if you sold crack and you you extracted the money from these, uh, you know, with all due respect, these crack heads, right? And then you said, okay, I, I took the money from that particular source. But I'm going to rinse this money and put it back into the neighborhood and build a school. And that will keep the future children from becoming what I'm dealing with today. If that was the mindset, perhaps I wouldn't be so against it. I'll say, hey, it is what it is. Cool. Whatever. You know, uh, sometimes you, you got to get your hands dirty to to help whatever, whatever you want to make. it. But that's not the mindset, because here's what's happening. They're extracting that money from these crack heads, with all due respect, of course. All right. And they're taking that money and they're spending it outside the hood. They're buying Gucci. They're buying Louis Vuitton. These people don't, in my opinion, from my understanding, my knowledge base, I would imagine that they're not going to take the money they're getting from these drug dealers and invest it back in black neighborhoods. I don't know that that's true. I can't say that that's true. I would argue that that's false. I haven't seen it. I haven't heard about it. I haven't heard of these type of initiatives. So there's the, there lies the issue. You're extracting money from the hood and then you're actually spending it elsewhere. <clears throat> and while you're doing that, you're destroying the neighborhood. You're destroying the quality of the neighborhood. So there's the issue, folks. We need this next batch, this next generation of black men and women. To and it would be great if everybody else jumps in, but I'm speaking specifically to my demographic. We need this next generation of black men and women to expand their horizons. Okay, figure out how do you make clothing? How do you make sugar? How do you make bread? How do you make Coca Cola? How do you make soda? How do you make you know? I don't care what the product is. Figure out the scientific formula that it takes to create this particular thing. How do you make flour? How do you make flowers? How do you make What's another one? How do you make uh? How do you make salt? What's the crystal crystallization process for making salt? And once you figure out the scientific formula, we need you to go into the kitchen and make it. Is that so hard? It can't be because we have people turning um cocaine into crack, which is a very difficult process. Maybe not that difficult, but it's it's pretty complex. And if you can do that, black man, trust me on this one. You can certainly make uh, sugar. You can make you can make corn. You can go out in the field in your backyard and plant something legal like watermelon or peaches or plums. And then once they actually grow and season, take those plums and sell them to your stores or what have you. OK, you have the knowledge base. You have the skills. You just got to put the effort in there. And then once you do that, then we'll have a hood full of, full of millionaires, because at that particular point, you would not be doing anything illegal. You see what I'm saying? And that's what we have to get our mindset to. Crack is whack, man. You know what else is whack? I'm going to save this topic for a different day. But the NBA or sports, it's almost like we just, hey, you either got to sell crack or you got to be a, a basketball player. That's it. That's your only two options. What? Wait a minute. How about going to school for, uh, you know, dentistry, right? That's why I got to give a shout out to my Nigerians. They, you know, and my Asians, right? They don't care, man. Look, they tell their kids straight up, you got to go to school to be a doctor, a lawyer, or a dentist. That's it. You have no other choices. No other choices. That's it. You have no other choices. And then you look up and then they, they live in nice. So we got to get out of the mindset of 
cracking drugs is the only way, only thing we can sell. We got to get out of the mindset of you got to either hoop or rap. Like what? Come on, man. That's not the only way. Now, even though I am a uh, what some people would call a hip hop rapper, artist, what have you, that is not all that my skills are placed in. I went to school for art, art education. Then I went and got my master's degree for uh, administrative leadership. You see what I'm saying? So I have different places and ways and in different areas that I can go to if I need to. Not rap or hip hop. I have no degree in rap or hip hop, just for the record. Okay, and then I went back and got, well, I didn't finish my doctoral degree, but I started doing some doctoral work for administrative leadership. So the point being, we have to get out this mindset that there's only one way to success. And also, we got to be okay with being middle class, all right? Because as of right now, it just seems like with the black population, it's either we're going to be, uh, we're going to be poor, right? Lower, lower class. Or we're going to be super uber rich selling crack and drugs and, or being an NBA player. Hey, man, wait a minute. There's a such thing as a middle class. OK, just go to school for four years. Get a bachelor's degree in education. Get a bachelor's degree in communication. Get a, a, a bachelor's degree in, in science or something of that particular caliber and bring you home about 60 to 70 thousand a year. That's OK. You know what I'm saying? That's OK. You got 60 to 70 thousand dollars annually coming into your household. It's nothing wrong with that. You don't have to be a millionaire to be happy. Okay? That's what I'm trying to explain to y'all. But check it, man. Let's take a little break, calm things down a little bit, and let's go ahead and check out one of these tracks I laid out for you. Check this out. Rick it down. Four, five, six, scrap again. Where I bought a fist full of gear this year. Three G's on MJ's this year. Daughter living life without a care this year. Ice style, watch it make it drop this year. Been through it, came through it. Back again, bachelors, masters, I'm back again. Shorty, look me right up in my eyes, tell me I'm the one. Dropping hits on beats, why they call me dumb? Been through it, came through it. Back again, the hood hot, I'm laying low till I'm back again. Rick the dome in the booth, crack again. Fuck around, I'ma shoot again. Think I'd make it? Mama race the winner. Call it how I see it. Papa race the center. Mama used the mind. Papa got it off the muscle. You're about to witness my eternal struggle. All right, folks. I hope y'all enjoyed that tune. Remember, this episode is sponsored by Reallyhood. That is a company that I have created. One of my companies, right? Reallyhood.com to be specific. Reallyhood.com is your number one source for hip-hop entertainment, especially independent hip-hop. If you are an independent artist and you want to get your music heard by the world, obviously you need a platform. And that's what my platform is uh, set out to do, right? Uh, some of these other platforms are amazing. Amazing. I will not hate on any other platform out there because I love them all. But I will say this. None of them will feature your music video for $25, and that's where I come in. Reallyhood.com. Check it out, man. But anyway, uh, my final words. Crack is whack, all right? I'm sure it has made tons and tons of millionaires, but guess what, guess what else it has done? It has destroyed several, several black neighborhoods. It has... Um, it's the cause of many black men, as a black men and women, to be specific. It's the cause of them being in jail on this very day okay so the money the heights that they actually reached did not matter at the end of the day when it was all said and done 
the result was the same across the board. Jail, dead, neighborhood destroyed. You see what I'm saying? Now, why wouldn't that be whack? That sounds pretty whack to me. We need to take those skills or at least invest time into learning new skills, like making things that are legal and are practical. That means that we can use them on a daily basis. If you start right now, let's say you're about 28 years old, right? You start right now learning how to manufacture sugar. And I have no idea why I keep using sugar. I don't know why. Because it's the closest resemblance in terms of the way it looks to crack. That's why I keep using sugar, okay? But really, I'm talking about anything. Cotton candy, um, Fruit Loops, cereal, I don't care. But we'll use sugar because it's the closest looking thing to crack. If you spent, if you're 28 right now, if you spent, let's say, a year learning how to make sugar and actually going through the process of actually trying to make it, having some, some trials, that means that you might fail sometimes. If you went through that particular process over and over and over again for a full year, by the time you're 29, you would know how you would know how to create sugar. By the time you're 30, you would have your uh, you would have probably figured out how to manufacture it and produce it and distribute it, meaning to put it in a wrapper and put it in, put it inside stores globally. By that point, you would know how to do that. Right. And by the time you're 31, you'll probably be a multimillionaire or at the very least, you would be in the middle class. You see what I'm saying? That is how it's done. Uh, I'm not someone who likes to give out all these different things without saying how it applies to what I'm doing right now. This podcast thing is new to me, but I figured it out. I took some time. And by the time you look back in five years, either this podcast will be the number one podcast in the world, or I would have moved on to something that is the number one thing in the world. You see what I'm saying? Because I'm going to invest that time into learning that craft. And that's what we're missing in the black community, man. Thank you for spending some time with your man, Rick the Dawn. You know what time it is, man. Go to rickthedawn.com and check out my music. I'll holler at y'all, man. One.